Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another broadcast night here on the Soul of America Radio. Tonight you're listening to Breaking the Silence, Healing the Pain. Breaking the Silence and Healing the Pain offers an open and candid dialogue platform in which you can discuss issues involving sexual abuse, emotional abuse, addiction, depression, just to name a few. Join us tonight with your host, Janoris, Tasha, Tammy, and Tony. Good evening, everyone. This is Janoris. Tonight is Thursday, September 22nd, 2016, and we want to welcome you to tonight's episode of Breaking the Silence and Healing the Pain. I am one of your hosts, and I'd like to introduce my other co-host. That would be Tony. Are you there, Tony? Hey, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) And Latarsha. Hello, everyone. Oh, so we have a really, really interesting topic tonight. Um, We're going to talk about toxic relationships. And for anyone who is listening who'd like to join in in our conversation, please uh, give us a call at 323-784-9638 and just ask our engineer to put you in the queue, and we'd love to hear what you have to say about toxic relationships. So toxic relationships, oftentimes we may think of uh, relationships between a man and a woman in a marriage, like we've, we've talked about that before on the show. But toxic relationships don't just uh, relate just to people who are married or who are in um, a, or a significant other. Uh, they can come in many, many forms. So people people are generally today really health conscious. A lot of people are, right? You agree with that, Tony? People kind of watch what they eat. They try and oh, eat yeah. labels. They exercise. You know, try and be try and be aware and try and be more fit. Definitely. Uh, have organic foods, right? Okay. So yep. we never think about how toxic relationships can affect us health-wise. Like we look at the the things like what we eat, our exercise, and that kind of thing, but toxic relationships, Tasha, can really, they can lead to stress, they can lead to depression and anxiety, and even medical problems. So toxic relationships can be friendships. It could be the relationship between a parent and a child. Uh, You can have toxic coworkers. How many of you have, like, gone, it's always at least one or two at a job that can never see the positive, can never be optimistic, but they always have to bring up the negative side of everything? Anybody work with anybody like that? I have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, 
and and that can bring the um, that can bring the morale down in the office. Like I have, I work in the office, and I work with about anywhere between fifteen and twenty uh, people in the office at one time. And you know, we really try and promote um, positive work environment and uh, making sure that we are pleasant and respectful to one another. And it only takes one person to come into that mix and it can potentially bring the morale of the whole office down. So we have to really be um, aware of that and we we stress the importance of good customer service and recognizing that customers are not only the people who we see, but they are the people who we interact with and work with every day. So tell me, uh, Tony, tell me about um, what your research shows on toxic relationships. Can you hear me? Yeah, I got a mic. I'm always wondering if, if, if it's working. Um, well, I looked at it from a different perspective, and um, uh, it's like from what I can, and, you know, we've all been in, in toxic relationships, whether it's uh, marriage or coworkers or even church, um, you have people that you uh, have to deal with. And I looked at it like um, I think every relationship has its bit of toxicity, if I can, if I can use that word. <laughs> and um, I think that, yeah, yeah. And I think that it has to do, in my mind, with, uh, I, I used the, yesterday the term poison. I think when somebody does something that starts to affect another person physically, I mean mentally, emotionally, and even sometimes physically, I think it can be considered toxic. And I think in that, it, like you said, it don't have to be relationships. Any kind of inappropriate controlling, manipulative behavior, um, and it's pretty much on a regular basis. I'm thinking that it's beginning to get over into toxicity, but a lot of times it's not even noticeable. A lot of times we get so calloused to the behavior that we don't see it, but other people do. For instance, there was a Andy Griffith show, and I'm showing my age by saying that, but there was an Andy <laughs> Griffith show where the couples argued with each other all the time. But whenever Andy or Barney or anybody knocked at their door, they were super nice. But whenever they dealt with each other, it was arguing and fussing and everything. So when you looked at it on the surface, it looked like a good relationship. But they were doing things with each other that was a cause and a hurt. But it was normal to them. It was, In fact, that's what the old, whole episode was about, that this behavior was normal to them, but it was toxic from the outside. They didn't even really know they were hurting each other. So in this case, you had two people doing something to each other. So I think it's an interesting topic. I think that um, I've never really had the, uh, the the chance to sit back and look at it from this perspective until we came up with this uh, topic. And, and later on in the show, I, I might try to um, give a few more examples of people in their toxicity since I just learned that word. <laughs> what do you think, Tasha? 
Oh, there you go. You always like putting me on the spot. No, I'm teasing. Um, <laughs> I'm just <laughs> toxic relationships. I have had a lot of toxic relationships in my life, and when I think about toxic relationships and you know being in a toxic relationship, I feel like a lot of times you can be to- toxic yourself. Because sometimes I believe that toxic, when you're toxic, you attract other toxic people in your life. I'm not saying that that's always the case. You understand what I'm saying? But there is times where a toxic toxic person can attract toxic people. And I believe that that was in, in my situation, you know, from even being young growing up and looking back on you know, having a toxic relationships where, you know, a person would hurt me and I would want to do something to hurt them back. You know, that's toxic as well. Um, you know, even in a workplace when you asked me that I work with anyone, I felt like I worked, um, I had a person who worked with me and the whole time I was thinking that she had my best, best interest at heart, you know, she was biting me in the back the whole time, and I'm thinking that this is a good person that had my back, and, you know, she would do things in front of me that would appear like she was a a good um, co-partner. She would do things to um, try to make me feel like, oh, um, you know, I did this for you, I did that for you, but all along she had an impure motive of the things that she was doing for me because she had something that she was expecting in return, which, Mm -hmm. you know, we all do things, you know, to help one another. And, you know, it's not like you doing a tick for tech thing, but she had some really strong impure motive of the things that she was doing and, you know, just turning other staff against me and turning, um, well, trying to turn other staff against me and just caused a lot of division you know, amongst the workplace, which was very overbearing, you know. And once I saw it, I had to remove it from my life. But for some reason, I would continue to go back and accept this person back in my personal space again. Oh, she really didn't mean it. You know, um, you know. I know that, you know, I don't know. I don't know if it because I didn't want to believe that she was doing these things, but, you know, I just kept going back for some reason. And then once I started getting in touch and tapping into myself, it was like I was I was attracting toxic people in my personal space. Have you ever had a situation like that where you felt like you was the toxic person as well? You mean Tony? No, anybody. She mean you. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's easy to just point the finger and say the other person is toxic, but, you know, it can be your, yourself as well, because I do feel well, like yeah. there's been times where I was toxic yeah. myself. Well, yeah, I'll step up to the plate on that. I know uh, it's it's been no secret that years ago um, um, I really had a good relationship with drugs and alcohol, uh, what I thought was a good relationship. And um, at the time, the person that uh, I was dating, I was manipulating. And according to um, something I looked up on the Internet, Health Scope, 
mag.com, it talked about that, how you can have a manipulator or a person that uh, leads you in one direction for other reasons. So, yeah, I, at the time, I didn't realize that I was doing that. I, I thought I was, you know, just doing what I needed to do. But manipulation is toxic within itself because, you know, you're constantly having to to remember the last thing you said. And it's almost like lying, but you're taking a bit of the truth and uh, using it for your own purpose. And that can cause some division. It can cause some trust issues. And um, it's very toxic. And then it draws the other person in in my situation to like a codependent type of situation where they're really, you're really sort of bringing them into uh, something that they've, they're not really knowing what's going on and then it turns codependent. So, so yeah, from that perspective, I have definitely um, been uh, somebody that uh, contributed to a toxic relationship. Hmm. Well, I, I I can remember. Um, I, I don't know exactly who made this comment, but uh, the comment was about how oh you were talking about the Andy Griffin show and how this couple um, would be at home and they would be arguing and fussing, and then when people would come around, they would like you know be the perfect couple and happy and appropriate. And, you know, I actually lived that um, a part of my life in, in my marriage when I was married because I can remember there would be times when we were on the outs that we we could go two, three days without saying anything other than, you know, what was necessary. Um, and when I find that, I mean, you know, good morning and good night and that kind of stuff, like very, very limited. And and at the time, you know, I didn't really realize how unhealthy that was. But I was um, actively participating in that. I don't feel like I was the person that initiated it, but I have to take responsibility for participating in it because I think that at one point um, I tried to, I always like to try and talk things out and work things out that's, pretty much a part of my nature, but it takes, you know, two people to want to communicate. And so I can remember we would be uh, going to a family event and we would be in the car and it would be dead silent or someone might turn on the radio to drown out the dead silence. And then when we would, you know, get into the presence of the family, whatever that function is, then, you know, he was the life of the party. He had all the jokes to talk about and everybody and greeted everybody appropriately and all like that. And so people would look at that and they would think, oh, my goodness, you know, great little family, perfect relationship, and things are just not always what they seem. So that's, that's very toxic. And it's taken me, you know, since I have been outside of that situation and had an opportunity to kind of, Look and assess and reassess. I, I, I see just how toxic that was. Hmm. Didn't see it at the time. Uh, I mean, I knew that it was um, not what I considered to be normal or not what I wanted. But hmm. you know, I could only play my position in that, and um, so I, I knew it wasn't 
I knew it wasn't good. I knew it wasn't normal, but it was what it was. Right. So we have a lot of people uh, on the board tonight. Uh, four seven four seven. We see you on. Eight one two seven. We see you on. Anybody would like to to join us? Join in the conversation. The number to call in is three two three seven eight four nine six three eight. I think this is a really good topic. Uh, hopefully, people will be able to, you know, uh, give their opinions and 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 uh, you know, join in on this. We're gonna take a few moments to uh, to go to a break, and we will be back. So, if you know of anybody that might wanna. Um, participate in this or have some input, we would really love to have it. Breaking the silence and healing the pain. We'll be back in a few moments. Hello, everybody. My name is Towns Douglas, and I am fighting the power on the soul of America Radio. Sexual abuse, emotional abuse, addictions, and depression, domestic violence. We are breaking the silence. Healing the pain. Let's just put it out there. What do you think? Sex addiction. Is it a diagnosis or an excuse? It depends on the person itself and what we define as sexual addiction. All sexual addiction is not negative. Our topic tonight will be marriage versus living together. Does a piece of paper make a difference? Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so what type of marriage are we referring to here? Let's clarify that. <laughs> so come on, you survivors. Join us every Thursday night at 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern so you can break the silence. And heal the pain right here on Soar. This is the Soul of America Radio. If you want to speak to the host, Please dial 323-784-9638 and press 1 to be connected to the host, Worldwide Talk Radio. This is the Soul of America Radio. And welcome back to Breaking the Silence, Healing the Pain. Yes, we're back. And we are back. 
<laughs> we got somebody holding, and we're going to go ahead and bring her on now. I believe it is our one and only, Ebony. Oh, come on now. Come on. Well, hello, and thank you for that wonderful, fine introduction. Yes, this is Ebony from the Big, the Bold, and the Beautiful. That's what's um, up. I just want to tell you guys, you know, you keep me so pumped up, okay? You give me so much life with these topics and, you know, the discussions and things like that. You guys are doing a phenomenal job, and I really, really cannot wait for breaking this Breaking the Silence conference. That is something that I have just been... I'm I'm really, really excited about, so I cannot wait for that. So you see how I had to plug that in real quick, guys? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Ebonique. <laughs> um, I wanted to comment on the uh, topic um, this evening because um, I know oh so well about toxicity, toxicity when it comes to relationships. And um, how hard it is to rid yourself of those toxins, you know. And I and I, I I wrote under the post today that if you don't do it voluntarily, then God will remove them for you, because and because that's just what He does, you know. He loves us first and foremost, and you know sometimes we're not able to make those decisions, or, or we're not able to see people really are for us. Um, I'll give you a prime example. I had an individual that has been in my life most of my life. And whenever I would call them, by the end of our conversation, when I got off the phone with them, I was so drained to the point where I was tired. And it was like I had worked a a 12-hour, 16-hour shift and had no rest, and that's just how emotionally, that's how emotionally draining people can be when, when they are, when they take, take, take so much from you, it becomes so draining. And um, the experiences that I've had with these people, it just, you know, it just showed that, you know, they are people that are lost, they are hurt, um, they themselves are going through so if a person is like that and they that they can't see your hurt, they can't see your pain, and they can't see anything you're going through because most of the time, I guarantee you, it's all about them. Right. So it's not a time where you get a a minute to just breathe and and they're gonna their focus is gonna be about you because all they can see is their mess, all they can see is their stuff. And that is um, a person that is is a draining relationship. It's it's not healthy. And um, I would urge people that if you feel like if every time you talk to somebody and you feel like you are just so burnt out or so tired, then you need to you need to start um, reevaluating your your circumstances with people that you have in your space. Because toxic relationships can keep you stagnated. It can keep you from focusing on what God intended for you to do, where he has placed you, why he's placed you there, and what you're supposed to be doing in your life. You can't even see clear because you have this toxic relationship that is just keeping you so bound that, you know, it's it's taking so much from you. 
So, you know, you definitely have to, I call it cleaning out, cleaning out your closet. Um, yeah. Am I talking too much, y'all? Am I talking too much? <laughs> <laughs> you, you're preaching. You're preaching. <laughs> but when it's, when, you, when it's time to clean out your closet, sometimes you don't even recall the things that you have in your closet at times. And when you start doing the cleaning and you realize, wow, I didn't know that was there. I didn't know this was there. I didn't know that person. That's the same way it is with people. You know, and, you know, you know, when they talk about holding on or having skeletons in your closet and they're falling out and you're trying to, that's that baggage, that dead weight that you turn around. That's the same thing when it comes to toxic relationships. Those things, they're going to burden you. They're going to, they're going to bound you. And, you you know, you, you really can't see past somebody else's mess. But it's time to be a little selfish, people, you know, because selfish meaning to put yourself first. And it's not selfish to put yourself first, but I always call it the selfish mechanism. And I don't see nobody else but me. I'm not doing anything for nobody right now but me because we tend to be people that tend to be people's people. And what I mean by people's people is that you're people who are constantly caring for other people and not yourself. So that's, that's that was just my little philosophy on the whole toxicity, the toxic relationships when it comes to people. Right. Yeah, when it starts to um, make you feel like they're sucking a the life out of you, you know, it's time mm-hmm. to let God do some healing on that other person so that God mm-hmm. can deal with them and you can, mm-hmm. you know, start getting the healing that you need because, you know, if we don't take care of our first, I always use that philosophy about when you're on an airplane and, uh, you know, when the um, attendants, the stewardess, when they're saying to you, you know, about saving someone else, they always tell you the first thing they do is grab the mask and save yourself first, you know. Mm -hmm. And I never got that until, you know, I was going through some cleansing myself in therapy, you know, Mm -hmm. and realizing that I had to cut some of the relationships that was in my life that was draining me, you know, Mm -hmm. sucking the life out of me, the manipulation, the lies, Mm -hmm. um, you know, of constantly um, brainwashing you, basically manipulating your mind and trying to make you believe that their way is the right way to control, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's, 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 it, it becomes so, you know, if you don't take control over that, it can definitely knock you off your feet. Because it, it did it to me. Yeah, yeah it so, does. It will. So, what have you, you ever um, have you ever thought about how you how you address that? Like with people that you have have had to uh, exit out of your life, is that a conversation that you had with them? Did you tell them what the situation was and why, or did you just Limit your contact with them. Who is this for? Uh, me you, or addressing who? Who you addressing? Me. I. Anybody wants to answer? Okay. Oh. Okay. Well. Okay. You, you want me to take that one, Tasha? It. I, it doesn't matter. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, I had to create boundaries for people. I think at the beginning, when I started going through my process of it, I think I had to 
just cut everything and everybody out of my life. And this is just being honest. Um, and I had to go through that phase because I had to go through a, 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 I had to go to go. I went through like a spiritual cleansing for myself, and I'm still working diligently on myself. You know, um, and it, it just became a thing where it's that I had to, like I said, be a little selfish um, so that I could work on me. And then I started, once I started to react with people again, you know, interact with people again, I, I made the decision that I was going to set up boundaries because even if you are having um you know, if it's if it's your family, there's nothing you can do about that. And people are who they are, you know. Um, but even with family, you have to be able to set boundaries and and you have to be able to make a decision whether or not you're gonna keep these people in your space because what they believe or what they think of you, people don't like to see change. They don't like to see change. And even with your change they still want you to be at, on the same page in the same – they want you to be stagnated and be where they are. You could be – you have surpassed them. You could be a couple of miles, ten miles ahead. But because they're still in their same way of thinking, they're still in their same way of, of so how they how they deal with different things, and, you know, they're still stagnated in their life, they want they perceive you to be where they where they still are or where they perceive for you to be and you have already surpassed them and you're you're all you're you're doing something different and, and, and living your life to the fullest and, and just you taking off like a rocket. So, um when it comes to people that are toxic for me, I honestly I've come to a place where I don't even want you in my space. Because, you know, I think that until you come, until you grow, until you meet right. me there, it's right. not to say you're not going to meet me. It's not to say that you're gonna not going to get on my level eventually one day. But I, I like dealing with people that are like-minded. And I, I, I choose to be happy in my space. I choose to, 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 to be happy where I am, you know, and where I'm moving in my life. And I choose to be that. So... If I keep allowing toxic people to penetrate my space, I'm gonna I'm gonna eventually stay there. But I, I just you know I love people and and wish the best for people. But I had to set boundaries, and if they are not for me, then I have to leave them where they are, and then hopefully one day they can grow to where I am, so that we can be on an even scale. And you know, go from there when it comes to toxic people. So um, the answer to that that question was boundaries. You set boundaries up, especially if they're filling your space. Um, everybody is not like me. <laughs> Everybody's different. And that's that. That was a very great point of setting mm-hmm. those boundaries. Very good. Mhm. Yeah. So that is letting people know what you will accept, what you will not accept. And what right. the mm-hmm. consequences right. are for for crossing that? Exactly. Yeah. That's, that, that was a perfect gotta, example, Ebony. Mm-hmm. You got to teach people how you want to be treated. Right. I, I agree. I think that's a that's a great example. See, I think a lot of people, well, I think people sometimes will 
just stop communication with people. And, mm-hmm. you know, the other person might recognize that, you know, hey, third person not turning my calls back or not answering my text or, you know, doesn't accept my invitations to lunch or whatever. But if, if you don't take the time to, you know, let people know, then that lessens an opportunity for them to be able to learn. Because sometimes, you know, people need to have that, um, they need to have that reality check, you know. And yeah. it gives them an opportunity to self-reflect and to and to, to contemplate what you're saying and, and to see if they can find any truth in that. And, you know, sometimes that allows them to, to be able to grow. And, then, you know, sometimes they may not see it. And if people decide not to say anything, then they don't have that opportunity, at, at least not with that particular person. But, you know, people have to do what what they feel like they they have to do and they have to protect their own heart. And sometimes it is better to just, you know, be non-existent to somebody because oftentimes toxic people don't hear anyway as a part of what makes them toxic. So it probably would help anyway. Right. And that's and that was my my main focus because I went through that, that period of, of um, not recognizing and realizing, you know, when you start learning more about yourself and who you are as a person, it, it, it a lot of things become a lot more clear, you know. Um, there's so many things that can keep you just, um, I think, bound and keep you unable to see right what's right in front of you. I think people wear blinders because they don't want to see people for who they are and you know, it's something that they want from that person and um, or something that they get from that person. I'm sorry. And it, it just, you know, everything else goes out of the window of, wow, this is really a not, a not so, this is not a great person, you know. And um, <laughs> and when you really, re- when you recognize that this person is really lost, it's not a sense of being judgmental. I think it's a sense of just, Saying things clear when you start to learn you, um, but you know it's all about doing the work uh, when it comes to relate to yourself. And then once you do the work for yourself, the world looks different. Everything around you looks different. So you just um, and then people will start to look different, and then you will start to recognize and see things, and you know say, "Wow, is this really what I want in my space? Is this really?" You know, is this relationship beneficial to me? Is this relationship breathing any life to me? Do I get anything out of this relationship? Uh, you know, because as a giver, you know, I'm constantly giving um, of myself to people. And I, I'm now to the point where I'm like, well, I want to receive something back. We should be able to learn from each other. Um, the healthier the relationship I find, and that's what I pride myself on having now, it's healthy relationships. You know, you have to seek those and look for healthier relationships when it comes to people um, that you have in your space. So um, I think this is a phenomenal topic, you guys. I really, really did because um, let me ask, can I ask somebody a question? What do you um, recognize, what would you call a toxic person? Like, what are the character characteristics of a toxic person? Do you think that actually is a very good question? Let's let's hold the response to that until we come back from break. We're going to take a few moments, uh, pay a few bills, 
We are here uh, breaking the songs and hitting the pain with a wonderful topic. It's called Toxic Relationships. We're going to talk, come back later and talk about exactly what that is. Be back in a few moments. Thank you. Sexual abuse, emotional abuse, addictions, and depression, domestic violence. We are breaking the silence, healing the pain. On October 22, 2016, from 1 p.m. to 4 p.m., we will be hosting the Breaking the Silence Tour 2016 at the Marriott Hotel and Conference Center in Towson, Maryland. The seminar will feature three guest speakers who will share their stories and what they have done to overcome their circumstances. We will have question and answer breakout sessions with the speakers and local professional counselors who specialize in sexual abuse, domestic violence, drug addiction. We will provide resources on the various topics and contact information for anyone who desires counseling. Please make plans to be there. Worldwide, Coast to Coast Talk Radio. This is the Soul of America Radio. You're listening to Soul. And we're back. Uh, and we are back. Welcome to Breaking the Silence with the Pain. We are here tonight talking about toxic relationships. And right before the break, um, Ebony had asked a question about what's considered a, a toxic relationship. Well, I'd like to um, to talk about, so I want to pose a question. I want to answer that, but I want to pose a question in addition to that. And so um, the relationship that, and this might this might ruffle some feathers, but oh well, uh, truth is the truth and I'm walking in it. So one could consider the relationship that, black men in America have with law enforcement, I should say some law enforcement, could be considered to be toxic. Because anytime you can uh, be pulled over, you can be gunned down in the street without any cause, that's pretty toxic. What do you think about that? I honestly think that that's just fear. (laughs) I think that you know um, it's, a, it's you know it's just like um, the fact that they fear. Uh, you know, when it comes to African Americans, the society pegs us as the media pegs us to be bad people. You know, and some people there are so many white people out there who do not have black friends, so they don't know. Um, the characteristics, but they look at, you know, they get the stereotypes and they get the, they get these um, images of us. And so automatically, because they're black men, black big men, they're frightened, you know. Um, It's just like a white woman walking down the street and clutches her purse closer because black guys walk past her. You know, it's all about the, the way that we're perceived 
and who we're perceived to be, um, it doesn't show that we're college educated or that we're in our church or deacons at our church or bishops or doctors or lawyers, but because we're black, you don't we and, and we're regular and we're just regular Joes that you have no idea of who we are you perceive us to be a certain way. So it is fear on their part. Um, I remember, I don't know, Latasha, if you remember, um, I told you in Pennsylvania that they were at a certain school that our kids were attending, and they wanted to have a class of how to teach um, their white teachers how to act with black kids. Well, you act with black kids the same way you act with white kids. It's no different. Yes. They wanted to have a class. They wanted to have a class. Do you remember that, Latasha? Um, Yeah, I I, I honestly, I suggested that. I suggested Uh that because of the way that a lot of the black students was responding to – the way that they were expressing to me how they felt at the school. And because the school was predominantly white at the beginning and, you know, they only had, what, like 3% blacks there, and I felt like they did not understand our culture. So when I was on the diversity committee, I suggested that they learn a little bit more about our culture. Oh, okay. Well, see, I never knew that. But I just feel like love is love, heart is heart. The same way you treat the white kids is the same way the black kids, you know, should have been taught. And and, and and that is just out of fear. They fear us because of, this, you know, all of the, um, the press, the bad publicity, you know, that we've gotten over the years. Um, you can't. I can't take and say every white person in the world is going to take their wife and cut them up and or throw them off of a, you know, on the wall and um, see somewhere or going to put them in a in a freezer. And you know, I can't take and say that that's how every um, Caucasian individual is is and just judge them based on, you know, stories that we've heard. You know, I I just feel like it's fear. Um, so that's my answer. If anybody want to pick up piggy back off of what I, what um, Janora said, ask because I really that's what I believe it to be. Well, I um, I don't know. I mean, I just feel like I, I don't I don't know. I just feel like something really has to be done, and and um. That's about as as toxic as it gets for me, anyway. It's just another way to to look at it, but you know. Well, I got two things I have been uh and um and thank you so much for the call, Ebenik. You always bring some spontaneity to things, but I I want before we get to the other call, we got somebody else holding. There were two ones. There were two that I wanted to bring up, and it piggybacks off what Ebonique was asking a minute ago. Now, I went to healthscope.com, and when I saw this, it kind of uh, played close to me because I've been in relationships that, that had this. And like you said, it's not necessarily man, woman, you know, marriage. It's, it could be daughter, son, uh, son, you know, daughter, whatever. Uh, one, they said, was called the bad temper 
toxic partner. I can definitely relate to that. And I'm going to read you a little bit of what it says. It says that, and this person is a doctor, he's had a client who would tell me they've given up trying to argue or disagree with their partner because they get so angry and they lose their temper. And he calls that controlling by intimidation. He said that's a classic behavior of a toxic partner. And it's the kind of person that you have to walk around on eggshells with because they're going to blow up. And they, you never quite, I mean, everybody's expecting this person to get into a rage. Um, and it's it's really emotionally abusive, okay? But it affects everybody. And it's not just, you know, husband and wife. You can have a, a, a child. You can have a, 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 a family that's, that's uh, affected, brothers, sisters, even coworkers. You can work with somebody that you can't bring up certain things around because they're just going to explode. And it's really about the inappropriateness of the anger because every toxic relationship, from what it seems, has some root cause. In this one, it's anger. And typically, they blame it on you. Like in a, in a, going back to, I'm not going, going back to a marriage, for instance. A person will blow up and yell and scream and then say, I'm doing this because you make me like this. And it's disowning the responsibility of the dysfunctional behavior that that is typical right. of a toxic partner. So you get together, and, and here's the funny part about it. he You really could be doing something, like a, a, a person cheats, and then the person finds out. So this person gets mad at this person and yells at this person. And this, the person that cheats says, look, you're yelling at me. And that starts the guilt inducer, which is another one. The guilt inducer is one that takes guilt and lays it on you. I, in other words, if you wasn't so doggone argumentative, if you wasn't so this and that and the other, then I could be around you more or I could do this more. I could be more of this. I could be a better husband. I could be a better son. I could be a better person. And it's the guilt inducer wants to put guilt on you. So the bad temper person is the person that walks around on the eggshell, and then they can co correlate with each other. That's what I was trying to get to. You can have a guilt inducer and then a bad temper person. And can you imagine the dysfunctionality in that household because you've got a person that's inducing guilt because they've been called at something, and then you've got a person that's got the bad behavior because of what he did, even though it's not right. It's it's never right to yell and scream at a person. There's no, you know, on a constant basis. But this person is it has a bad temper because this other person has a behavior. So I said all that to say that, it can be a big mess in a household with toxic relationships. And I know there's somebody listening that has dealt with that. I know there's somebody listening that said, man, I know exactly what you're talking about. But they're too scared to get on the air and say it. <laughs> but press 1 if you're listening on the phone and want to admit it. And we got somebody holding. But that's what I wanted to put in and to piggyback off what Ebony could say. Thank you. Thank you so much for that, Tony. We have uh, Ward Ellington, Jr., Holding on. Ward Ellington Jr., are you there? Hello, how you doing? 
Oh my goodness, I get applause. <laughs> I think that uh speaking on toxic relationships, I think that uh and y'all gonna have to bear with me to connect the dots just for a second. I don't I think that is not a coincidence or it could very well be a coincidence that when you have scientific Chemical, you have scientific chemical malfunctions that they refer to as toxic waste or as a toxic dump. By the same token, if you have emotional chemical mishaps, the result of that is deemed as toxic. And um, like I said, I don't think it's a coincidence, but it could very well be a coincidence because in each instance you have chemical reactions that the final result is toxicity. Did I make that word up? (laughs) The chemical reaction <laughs> is toxic. So, right. by the same token, when you have emotional chemicals that are released when you're in love, when you have released all those and there's a ill mixture of such, you result in toxic relationships. Emotional, chemicals, scientific chemicals. So the thing is, is that in order to not result in a toxic situation, there has to be a proper mixture between your emotional chemicals as well as your scientific chemicals. Anybody follow me? Did I lose everybody? I got my dictionary open, yeah. No, I got my dictionary open. Go ahead. You know, it's like you're so invested and you have dumped all your emotions. And the one who's receiving what they have released is not congruent to a good relationship, so it results in a toxic relationship. The same way as chemical, as scientific chemicals end up with a toxic waste, you have an emotional waste. So, toxic part takes It takes um, two different additives, and for it to work, it has to be a congruent mixture of both chemicals. Did I lose everyone? How do you, 
how do you fix it? I mean, how do you back out of it? How do you make Man, it? Man, I don't know. <laughs> because <laughs> with the with the scientific side, they claim it's it's like you can never clean it up, or it'll take so long to clean it up until it won't even be worth it. But mm-hmm. I would hope or tend to think that with the emotional chemicals that are chemicals that are released in a relationship. It boils down to communication between the two contributors. That's true. And and um, I don't know. It was just something I thought about when I was sitting back in the side listening. And um, yeah, it's just the chemicals that are released during a relationship. Whether they are congruent or they're aligned together as to whether they're going to be compatible or toxic. And mm. that's it. <laughs> I was reaching. I was reaching. I was just hoping somebody could uh, follow me and could connect the dots the way I was trying to uh, convey it. But yeah, so toxic relationships are real. And the thing about being in a toxic relationship, you are not compelled to continue to put up with the ones who have contributed to the toxicity of the relationship. You can, you know, you just have to back out, and you have to kind of make up your mind that you're not going to deal with the toxic relationship in your life anymore. And the thing about it, once you make up your mind and you see the over and over and again, the mixtures and the emotions or the compounds in the relationships not working, chances are it's toxic. And it's up to you to make up your mind and finally realize that you have to back out and eliminate mm. the toxic issues. From your life. Well, you know it's uh, it said. That's it. It said um, it it said. Am I blocked? Am I okay? It said I was I was reading as you were talking about that, and it mentioned that believe it or not, uh, healthscope.com. It said that both individuals in a toxic relationship usually have poor self-esteem. Rooted in underlying insecurity, which is deep in itself, right. and it said wow. they behave that way because at some level wow. they don't believe they're lovable or anyone would care and stuff. So, if I had to process what you were saying, and uh, thank you for the call, we, we we appreciate it. We're coming down on time, but if I had to process what you said, uh, I would say that it probably means that like this low self-esteem or whatever could be chemically induced, maybe something that they may take medication for. So henceforth, a person could miss their meds perhaps and get into some type of behavior that otherwise would have been avoided had they taken their medication. Or they're just subject to be a little more excitable and argue. Uh, Some people that may have an underlying ADHD and hyper 
and don't realize it and may be a bit more energetic. So I get you, man. I, I think that's a great point. Uh, it took me a minute to yeah. let it sink into my brain, but I think I got it. <laughs> Thank you for your call. Mm-hmm. And, Tony, I just wanted to respond to the question that you asked him as far as how do you get out of it, like what's the way out. And I just want to go back and piggyback off of Ebenezer when she said, you know, the first step would be is setting the boundaries. Mm-hmm. And once you set those boundaries, because you even have to set the boundaries for yourself and know what you're willing to accept and what you're, what, what you're willing not to accept. And knowing that, once you are clear on, you know, the things that you know that are draining you, you have to set those boundaries, and once you set those boundaries, if that person is not respecting your boundaries, then you know that this is a toxic person for you, and you have to remove that person out of your personal space. You know, I'm not saying, oh, you have to hate this person or cut this person off where you don't talk to them, but you just want to make sure that they understand that this is your position and they need to respect it and respect those boundaries. And then, you know, if they don't respect those boundaries, then you have to cut that person out of your personal space until they get the help mm-hmm. that they need. And they can, you know, respect those boundaries and come back into that personal space. Other than that, they won't have any respect for you and you won't be able to move forward. Right. Very good point. Very good. Well, I think we're down a couple of minutes. Yeah, we are. We want to thank everyone for joining us tonight. We will talk to you next Thursday night. Have a great week, and um, take care. Bye. Stay out of that toxic stuff. Thank you.